Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 9th, 2023. I'm on your host, Blessing Adelier Jr. <laughs> Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma-fucking-Gettys. Let Tim host. That scared me. The delayed smoke scared the bejesus that, out that of me. That was interesting. Bear, did you mean for that timing? That timing was a bit different than what we usually get. Yeah, it, uh, my timing was off just because I haven't been doing it at the intro because it's usually just the one fog machine working. But I know that today. We got the se- yeah, I know we got the second one working, so that's why I was like, "Oh shit, I should do that." Hell yeah! But then I forgot, and so yeah, it was it was like a second later than I wanted it to be. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, last night there was an egregious act of crime against me. All right, bless. Mm-hmm. Where I uh, tweeted out a couple days ago, yo, they actually called the eighth Fast and Furious movie the Fate of the Furious because Fate didn't. sounds like eight, which mm. is just. They did Which that. upsets actually, me for Fast 10. Because uh, like, why wasn't it called Fasten? Fasten your seatbelts. Fasten your seatbelts. We're not getting it, you know? Fucked up. We're getting Fast Vins. All right, and we'll see. Part one, who the fuck knows? We'll mm. find out tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. live when I am going to be here in the studio reacting to this trailer. By yourself? I do not want this to be spoiled for me. This is so important. This is everything to me, bless. Everything. Family is everything. Happy so you. how do you think I felt last night when I see Universal Pictures tweeting at me saying, have you seen the second one? That's fucked up. And I'm like... That's fucked up. So Somebody I, on their side fucked up. I quote you to that, and I was just like, do you know who I am? I, 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 I'm offended for you. The fact Thank that you. Universal doesn't know your name in regards to Fast and Furious. Well, I'm saying... I feel like people in the PR department should have Tim Gettys on a list, high up on a list in terms of, oh, these look are our top... Look out for this man. Look yeah, look out, out for this. <laughs> look out for this man. All right, he's at large. He can yeah. do anything. Yeah. You gotta watch out for him. My dog is named Toretto Universal. Come on. Get it together. Get it fucking. My, my dog's Instagram page is two palms, two furries. Yes. I fucking know the second movie. Goddamn. Have you seen Tokyo <laughs> Drift? this guy wearing his slips. Have I seen Tokyo Drift? <laughs> Anyways. Hey, but I want to hang out with all y'all tomorrow, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. So maybe not right here, but. Right next to here. <laughs> right next to here. <laughs> YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Uh, Tim. Mm-hmm. Something really cool happened yesterday. Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered oh, yeah. got shadow dropped. Mm-hmm. And I'm so upset that I haven't gotten the chance to boot it up yet. Just because there's been so many things going on. It's review season, and I am all up deep into review season right now. So I haven't had the time to boot up Metroid Prime Remastered, but I really want to. I assume you have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How much Metroid Prime have you played? I played about an hour last night, bless. Yeah. And I am in gaming nirvana. I, yesterday, we reacted to the Nintendo Direct. You could watch our reactions uh, live, and I was really happy with what they showed, and I was specifically happy with the amount of stuff that I was going to get to play right freaking now. So I got to go home, take my Switch OLED that I love oh so very much, take it out of its dock, free it from the shackles of the TV so I can look at that beautiful, beautiful OLED screen. Mm. Because I, I, I don't know if you guys have heard me ever talk about this, I think the Switch's OLED screen is beautiful. You, oh, snap. I, did. I didn't realize that. Holy yeah, shit. I didn't know if you, did, if you knew that. But uh, just to 
you know, maybe tell people for the first time. It enhances games and makes them look. There's just something about it. It's a pop. It's a, it just pops, man. Mm -hmm. So first thing I did, pop into my NES, SNES, N64, Genesis, all of the little uh, Nintendo Switch Online uh, little storefronts they have. Why they're all different apps, I don't really fucking know. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> it, you know, whatever. But I do kind of love it because my favorite thing to do when new things drop is to go in there and reorganize the games. I like mm -hmm. my games in a very particular way, a very particular order. I want it to look really nice and pretty in each app. So I spent about an hour last night doing that. That's before I even downloaded the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Not as many games there as I thought there would be. Great quality games, mm -hmm. but just not as many as uh, I thought were going to be available day one. But when you combine the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, pretty fun offering. Definitely way more games than I have time to play right now. But I popped into a couple here and there just to see the different um, settings that they have. Obviously not as impressive as something like an analog pocket that is like designed to be the like premier Game Boy uh, system. But I was really impressed with what they, they have going on there. Then popping into Metroid Prime Remastered and bless, mm -hmm. they just took one of the best games of all time and just made it better. It is yeah. beautiful. Yesterday we were talking about when we were seeing it. Um, first off, mega surprise, it's a shadow drop. Like what world are we living in that we are now within weeks getting a potential game of the year candidate from xbox as a shadow drop and then we get metroid prime fucking remastered as a shadow drop listen let's keep this up throughout the rest of the year just keep shadow dropping games every, every other week playstation where you at it's time shadow drop last factions um but booting up metroid prime the control schemes bless this is it's a dream yeah it's a free is dream. it can you play dual stick now like you a regular play, oh you can thank play dual God. Stick. <laughs> you can play dual stick with gyro if you want like it just it feels like a Nintendo game. It feels mm. like a next-gen Nintendo game. It's like the stupidest thing. Like I've just been playing and loving Dead Space the last couple of weeks because it takes one of my favorite classic games and makes it feel brand new again. And when I gave my review for Dead Space, I kept bringing up Metroid, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and here I am playing Metroid Prime Remastered, and it feels as good as Dead Space. I'm blown away. Wow. I'm fucking blown away. It is so damn good. I can't wait for you to play it for the first time all yeah. the way through. But I'm also really, really impressed with uh, it being a remaster, but the level of remaster it is. With the new control screens feeling as good as they are, uh, Game Explain did a, a graphics comparison of the, the Wii version, which was already slightly enhanced uh, from the GameCube one. Uh, and then on the, the right, we see the Nintendo Switch side. Holy shit. This, and, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. This looks like a remake. That's the thing. And it's like, you don't really think about it, but like that's how our brains work. We just like kind of attach our memories of like, oh, yeah, it looked like that. But this is – Metroid Prime has always been one of the prettiest games of all time, <laughs> like in terms of like using the tech that it has. Obviously, we're talking about 2001 or 2002 um, hardware. Mm -hmm. And motherfuckers are pulling off that shit already? <laughs> <laughs> like it's That's really 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 damn impressive bear can you scroll forward even like to like some of the actual gameplay stuff um it just looks really good holy shit and it feels wow. really good it's a smooth 60 frames per second it's like oh wow nintendo you you, you can do the thing you can do it and that's wild. I, I'm way more excited to actually pick this up now. I want to bring in a question from Kebabs, of course, who writes in a kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says this. Metroid Prime Remastered turned out to be a bit more than a simple port like GoldenEye. This got me wondering, what are your criteria for this sort of thing? What distinguishes them from each other uh, for you? 
uh, between a port, a remaster, and a remake. For me, a port is like Jack on the PS4. A remaster is like Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and a remake is like Shadow of the Colossus PS4. I put stuff like Resident Evil 2 PS4 into reimagining because of how different they are in gameplay. Thanks, and keep being awesome, kebabs. I, uh, this is a conversation I often hate having because it all is such semantics, and I, I view it the same way as I view porn, Tim, mm-hmm. where... Uh, it, oh, fuck, what's the thing? What's the phrase? It's uh, you know it when you, you see it. Thank you. You, you know it. it when you see it. There was so I, I was really, really interested in where you were gonna go. With that. I know the fact that I didn't I knew land that the plane. The tamest, lamest way possible. I was so I knew exactly <laughs> that's where he was going. I was so confident in the in the ramp yeah. up, and I forgot the actual how to actually land it. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that like I I think uh, there should be like rules that everyone follows, but there aren't, and there never will be. So. Certain games will have remastered in the title or remake in the title, or there's been a trend recently of just not doing that. Last of Us Part One doesn't have remake in the title, right? Yeah. Um, I and I don't think it really matters. I think it's like looking at each product for what it is and what it needs to be and judging it there. Um, I don't necessarily think they needed to call this Metroid Prime Remastered. They could have just called it Metroid Prime, but M- Nintendo has put out just straight up ports, so they wanted to make it clear that it was a little bit more. But I think they could have even made it. A little bit more than just remastered based on what this is, but with Nintendo's kind of classification of what that word means, I guess it makes sense, which is different than PlayStation calling something remastered, which they've moved on from, it seems, since the um, beginning of the era, era, right? Yeah, Yeah, like that whole thing. They're called director's cuts now. And now they're director's cuts. And now they're director's cuts. Yeah, so it's like all that stuff is like, I I don't, I really personally don't care what it is because I think it mattered more and it, it, I needed to know the answers in like 2016, but since then we've gotten things like Resident Evil 2 and Tony Hawk's Pro. I mean, we've gotten Final Fantasy VII remake. Exactly. We've gotten like, Crisis Core, which like both of those I would you could call remakes in different extents, right? But Square Enix is like, well, if Final Fantasy VII is a remake, then Crisis Core is a remaster for which how I we view these I get it, and like yeah. th- that logic makes sense, but you can't apply that logic to, to Nintendo everything. or PlayStation or whatever. But I I love the state of the world we're in, where we get the level of quality re whatever you want to call them of amazing classic games, in addition to sequels to, to games that are changing the game, in, in the case of things like God of War and Ragnarok and ex- things like that, but then also getting so many new IPs, so many indies. Gamers be eating out here, boy. We're eating out here. Has there been a better time to play mm-hmm. video games? Tim, enough of all, about all that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include a Nintendo Direct recap, PlayStation's Indie Spotlight, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and reeked at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you our reactions to yesterday's nintendo direct are up right now with a gamescast post show that's up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and then a new kind of funny x cast is up uh, with mike and gary talking to the game marketing directors uh, from velen studios about shutting down knockout city it's a fascinating conversation that you can check out right now youtube.com slash kind of funny games thank you to our patreon producer delaney twining today we're brought to you by shady rays and honey but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Oprah Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A fake 
Players Dozen. Starting with our number one. Of course, a Nintendo Direct happened yesterday. Of course, you can watch our live reactions to it. And then our Gamescast post show, breaking down all our thoughts and feelings. But today, we're going to start off with a quick recap for you of that Nintendo Direct and get into even deeper conversation. Uh, so yesterday... That direct started off with Pikmin 4. That got a July 21st release date. Congrats, Lakers head. Congrats, Lakers head. Uh, we got a Xenoblade expansion that's coming out February 15th. Samba de Amigo Party Central got revealed. That is coming it summer did. 2023. Uh, Fashion Dreamer got revealed from Xseed Games. That is coming in 2023. Dead Cells Return to Castlevania got a trailer. That is the Dead Cells DLC where they return to Castlevania. That's coming out on March 5th. With so much Castlevania music and remixes and just love and Tender care. Love, t- love and tender care. Uh, we got Tron Identity. That's coming out in April. We got a new trailer for Bickle that. us up. We got a new trailer for Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. That's coming out this summer. A game I don't know about, but everybody is mad at me for not knowing. Apparently, they're like, Imran and Jared Petty would Fake love this Nintendo thing. Nintendo fan, Tim. Hey, I get it. You never the heard DS, of Ghost Trick? Infamously, the DS, one of my, my least favorite of the Nintendo generations wow. and, and experiences overall. Wow. Elite Beat Agents notwithstanding. Deca Police. From level five games that got revealed that's coming out in 2023 uh bayonetta origins Ceriza in the lost demon or you may know it as bayonetta cerveza origins uh that got an overview of its gameplay and that's coming out march 17th splatoon 3 expansion pass wave one inkopolis got revealed that came out later yesterday uh, and then wave two got teased that is called side order side order uh disney illusion island got a trailer that's coming out july 28th looks fucking awesome uh fire emblem oh man i keep so disney illusion island is the one i'm, I'm excited about i keep getting mixed up with dreamlight valley which joey's really with joey which joey's really excited about uh fire emblem engage uh got a new trailer for its expansion uh, that expansion features characters like chrome and robin uh wave two was out later yesterday a new don't nod game was revealed harmony the fall of reverie uh that is coming out in june and also was revealed to have a lena rain ost and a really cool art style and i'm excited about that one this is this definitely seems like one for them of like all right we've done our thing for so long people loved it that did but now let's try to go for a different audience yeah and i think they're going to succeed with that based on what we saw yesterday and it feels like them trying to find an identity post life is strange where now life is strange of course is owned by uh, square enix um deck nine is working on the life strange games and deck nine i think has found a really good identity with uh, the life strange games after true colors um don't nod oh kind of funny.com says you're wrong i think don't nod did tell me why uh, I always get that confused because they're tell now, now they make exactly what I thought. <laughs> now they make similar games, but I think Don't Not did tell me why, and Don't Not also did Twin Mirror. Uh, Twin Mirror did not get good reception. Mm. Um, but also, I think I, I see chat freaking out. It's Crom. Crom? So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right, you fucking nerds. Um, show some fucking respect. Show some. Uh, all right. Yeah. Crom. Or no, yeah, Crom. Crom would have been a, would have been a cooler name. I'm just saying his name should be Crom. Their name, their name should be Crom. Google Crom. Anyway, uh, don't uh, this, this new Don't Not game, Harmony: The Fall of Reverie, looks like a a, a good next step for them. Uh, and then we got a montage featuring Octopath Two. Uh, we got a demo out for that, of course, like we do with those games. We got a Katamari Remaster trailer with a game trial out. Uh, sea of Stars got a date August 29th, and the demo uh, is out. And then Omega Strikers is coming to Switch, and that got a trailer. Looked awesome. Looked really cool. Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection uh, is out June first. Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot finally got a date that is coming out April 21st. Uh, then Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe got a new trailer. We're getting a new epilogue mode. Uh, there's a demo out, and that game is officially out February 24th. 
And then one of the big ones, Game Boy is coming to Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, they did a montage of games. We're getting Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Link's Awakening, DX, Gargoyle's Quest, Game & Watch Gallery 2, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, Wario Land 3, and Kirby's Dreamland. And then Hell yeah. another big one, Game Boy Advance is also coming to Nintendo Switch Online, but it's the expansion pack. Uh, on that, you're getting Super Mario Advance 4, which really is Super Mario Bros. 3, WarioWare, Kuru, Kuru, Kururin, uh, Mario Kart, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Minish Cap, and those are all out motherfucking now. And they're also going to be getting game, games, games later, like Golden Sun and other games. Really cool stuff there. The Oracle games? Oracle Zelda. games. Let's fucking go. Uh, and then maybe the biggest one, Metroid Prime Remastered, got um, announced and was out later yesterday. And then we got a trailer for Raincode that's coming out June 30th. Botan Kaitos 1 and 2 coming out summer 2023. Fantasy Life, The Girl Who Steals Time got a uh, trailer, got a reveal trailer. Um, there's a new Professor Layton game. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Wave 4 was um, shown off a little bit. Um, we got a look at a new Yoshi Island track. Which is a, a new Yoshi new track. A track based on the original Yoshi's Island game. It looks awesome. Music from that game, like remix in the Mario Kart style, which is great. And... The announcement that we're getting Birdo as a new character yep. in Mario Kart 8, and the announcement that we're getting even more new characters returning from um, the old games as well. Like, this is really damn cool for fans of Mario Kart, which, hey, there's at least 50 million of them. At out least there. 50 million of them. It's so funny because I feel like <laughs> Nintendo could have positioned Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as a live service game to some extent, and well, with these kinds of drops, and it, I feel like. Maybe, I don't know if it's just too far gone, right? We've reached too far into the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe life cycle to where they're like, well, we can't just tell them it's a live service because we don't have enough content to call it a live service, but they're going to get a lot of content down the line, right? This like, kind of feels like, and shit. but the I, I think that this goes back to the remaster remake conversation we were just having, where For it's sure. like, isn't that what they're doing? They're just calling it something different? Like, yeah. when you look at what Nintendo has built over the last, what, three years now with the Nintendo Switch Online, with the expansion packs and with all the shit that they're doing, it's like, yo... So much of this direct was focused on the expansion passes and DC plans for their different like games that are ongoing games to service live. Does it fucking matter? You're getting content. You're yeah. getting waves of content. Uh, I think it's just the, the expectation of it to mm -hmm. where if they position Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and said, hey, we're going to have updates. This is a live game. We have a five-year, eight-year, ten-year plan for it. First of all, Nintendo doesn't work like that. I believe they probably just go as they see the success and they're like, all right, it's selling. Make more content. I think they, 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 they think that way. But then also, I think with that, you might run into a Halo Infinite in situation where people are like, all right, where's the where's the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe mm -hmm. content? Where is it at? Like, where are the new tracks? Where's the characters? Where, where's all this stuff? Whereas, I think setting the expectations on the floor and going, hey, man, we're just putting out Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and then years and years later being like, hey, we got waves of DLC where it's only going to be remastered tracks or remade tracks or whatever, and then getting this far into it and then being like, here's Birdo. Here's a Yoshi's Island stage. You know, they're they're under under uh, underselling, over-delivering, right? Like, and they're, they're killing it with it. I'm very excited to check out this new Yoshi Island track. And that's coming out in spring, as we know. We got uh, another montage featuring Minecraft Legends, Blanc, Mega Man Battle I'm really Network. really excited for Blanc since we first seen it. Blanc looks really cool. Uh, Have a Nice Death uh, also looks really cool. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've seen that before, but seeing it yesterday, I was like, yo, this looks really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, we got an e-baseball game, uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. That's the one Joey's really excited for. And then Tales of Symphonia. And then they ended with a Zelda Tears of the Kingdom trailer. It's a story trailer. They also announced the collector's edition. They also announced the, the Amiibo, and then they didn't announce it in the Direct, but later on they, they announced it was $70. And Bear and I wild. are planning on doing an a in-depth breakdown of this trailer, where, I don't know if you remember, but uh, at E3 2021, when they dropped the 
first major Breath or Tears of the Kingdom trailer before it was even named that. Uh, and Barrett went off with a bunch of conspiracy theories about uh, the game. And it was awesome. We're going to do that again today for this this trailer. So yeah, baby. That should be Just coming out wait. later I got today. another crazy one for you today. Hell yeah. <laughs> I already saw the thumbnail for it, and it made me laugh out loud. Let's fucking <laughs> I'm like, go. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the explanation of this one. Tim, we're a day later. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the direct? I loved it. I honestly, I, I felt crazy yesterday when you guys felt lower on it than I was. Mm. Uh, and now reflecting on it and being able to play the games that I played last night, I'm like, oh my God, that was great. Like, again, I don't think that it was... Nintendo's in a really weird place because... And not that it matters what score it gets, whether it's a four or a five or whatever the hell, because like, really, who cares about that subjective-ass stuff? But in my opinion, Nintendo Directs have proven that they can be so good... That if we don't get Smash Brothers Ultimate in the Splatoon Eye reveal, it can't be a five, you know? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kind of where we're at with yesterday, where it's like, looking at this list of games, like, Nintendo's showing up, and they're coming through with so many of their major franchises that might not be for us, but as we've talked about the last couple of days with the financial reports, there are for millions of people. So it's mm-hmm. like, with the Xenoblade and, and, and Fire Emblem, I love Fire Emblem. Engage isn't so much my thing just because of the style it's going for. But if you look at Twitter, people are loving Engage. They're excited that they're getting this much more um, content for it. I just, I want to support Nintendo supporting games. Even if they're not the games that I'm looking forward to, the more they do that, when they do get to the games I want, or things like Mario Kart, they're going to support them. Even if it is years later in the most unexpected way possible. But we're getting Birdo, my guy. We are getting Birdo. <laughs> We are getting Birdo. Yeah, like, you know, I, I think for me, I am glad that we got things like Metroid Prime Remastered. I am glad we got a new Zelda trailer. I am super glad we got the Game Boy uh, and Game Boy Advance stuff. And when I look at the rest, right, I think it comes back to what you're talking about in terms of Nintendo showing up with games that are, are, are good for sects of their audience, right? Where not everybody is a fantasy life person. Not everybody is a Professor Layton person. But I'm sure the people that are those people are fucking going crazy over this thing, right? Because, like, you're getting brand new games in these franchises that are overall fairly niche right fairly unique but also we don't see that that often right i think like seeing seeing these things on the nintendo side uh is a thing that like br- that uh, uh brings that more attention right brings that more focus like i don't really when i watch play this playstation state of play or an xbox uh exo event right or inside xbox or whatever i don't really expect to see games like fantasy life or professor Layton or botan kaitos one and two but, you don't expect to see amazing games? Like, what, what does that mean? Big I mean, Kaidos is, like, iconic games yeah. that people love. And that's, what I'm, and, that's what I'm, and that's what I'm saying, right? Like, I, the fact that we're getting those games that are more on the unique side but speak loudly to those audiences, I think that's cool that we can get that uh, out of a Nintendo Direct. I feel like we get that shit out of state. Like, the, the level of things that you're talking about out of state of play. I mean, Square, square going to be square no matter where they're squaring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> they can be squaring on Nintendo. They can be squaring on Xbox, squaring on PlayStation. They're still going to be bringing the square, yeah. right? And they bring the square. And you look at Xseed. Xseed's going to bring the Xseed. Gonna, the, oh, I'm just going to stop that. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to exceed your expectations. No, oh, that's, see, that's a positive way to, yeah. to put it. But, uh, but that's uh, the thing is, like, Fashion Dreamer is one that I hated on yesterday, immediately when I saw it, and after when we were doing the post show. And I saw enough people on Twitter being like, oh, snap, Fashion Dreamer looks pretty cool, right? Yeah. And those are people, like, that is that audience. If you're somebody who are, who's into, like, the, the fashion games, if you're somebody who's into that genre, fashion. if you have a passion for fashion, Fashion Dreamer might speak to you yeah. right and i think it's cool that we can have those types of games in a direct is that going to make for the most exciting direct for me no for me there's still a balance of how you present things and like how you package things in like i still would have preferred fa- something like fashion dreamer to be in a montage uh, instead of like its own moment in the show but again all of it comes back to subjectivity right where 
those games aren't for me. Something like um, uh, like Metroid Prime Remastered is for me. Right? Even Pikmin 4, I would say, is not necessarily for me. But then you get to uh, the Game Boy stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that is for me. You know, that is it, that's usually what the stuff comes down to. And I think with the Nintendo with this Nintendo Direct, even the previous one, right? I think it's just the weird thing of I'm sure I'm sure there are reaction channels out there that did react to the Nintendo Direct that were all that were like five out of five. Roger's base freaking out about every single announcement here. not every single one but all the, like the ones we're talking about it's like mm. he's losing his mind like tim getty's breaking laptop levels to professor layton <laughs> you know but like it's genuine like that's yeah. that's out there there is that a uh, fan base for these things where i don't know you just don't see for a lot of other showcases now <laughs> approaching the show is greg miller approaching the show that's a great <laughs> way to put it you can sit out this isn't about you hey bless how you doing i'm doing good how's it going with you good so it turns out in Canada, or at least Quebec, right, mm -hmm. in the grocery store, they just have bagged up, unconsecrated uh, Eucharist. Would you like some? Sure. Hell yeah. You want a whole sheet? You want some unconsecrated <laughs> Eucharist? This is going to be like a little bit. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to eat all this on the sheet. I'm good. What? Does, I, does I don't this know look what edible to you? Is. I don't, that's foam. Or that's like styrofoam. I don't think I, I have it. had the Eucharist. It looks like foam. Straight up, that's styrofoam. Oh. Oh, yo, Tim, break off, break off a piece. Oh shit! I'm yeah, yo, if you all like this, let me tell you about Catholicism after this. Right? <laughs> oh, oh yes. yes. okay. Every Sunday, you kidding me? I didn't know that's what they called it, but yes, I have had the wafer. Usually, it's like in a small circular yeah. thing, and like it's attached to like a little little cup with some grape juice in it. What well, like the packaging is. And now approaching the stage. Approaching the stage is Andy Cortez. Do you want some communion? Gonna be hitting the links today, everybody. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Playing Smash Brothers? So right, right after this, uh, the boys are gonna go play golf. IRL. I used to steal these all the time for my church. I was an acolyte, I'd walk up with a little like it was me and Edge and Christian. Yeah. We're gonna have fun here today. I'm kinda funny, everybody. Is there Hang grape out all day? Is there grape juice in the back anywhere? If you, if there is, can you bring some? I got that Logan Paul raspberry. Energy. I'm good. <laughs> Frank said he has the Logan Paul raspberry energy drink. Plus, goes I'm good. Tim, mm -hmm. every now and then we get a ride in the KFTD, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you did the damn thing. Yeah, I love you some, um, to to the ride-ins, right? One of those people that d does that. This union wafer is this fucking killing it. Um, <laughs> one of the people that one of the people that does that right is my guy Jake bakes cakes. He always writes in He's with the great questions, cakes. the great write-ins. He's out there baking them cakes. Jake bakes cakes writes in today and says this: "Good morning, my KFGD Lord Tim and Savior. <laughs> Blessing. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Yesterday's Nintendo Direct was dot 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 good, but it didn't give us a clear picture of Nintendo's future. So I'm going to ask you to build out it that two-year future for me." I mean, like the next six months, I think it was which is what they said they were going to do. <laughs> he wants to. He wants to, he, the Jake Biggs case wants to talk about the next two years, from March 2023 to March 2025, using the following games. Please build out the ideal Nintendo calendar, placing each game in a month. I try to pick games that are either rumored or li are likely to happen. Feel free to add more or remove titles as you please. So I love this great list of games. Um, all things that are are likely to come out at some point. It's Interesting to look, again, I've said this a million times, we're at a point that you cannot look at Nintendo patterns. Nintendo changes its shit up 
too much. There is nothing to rely on. So mm. they are always a wild card. The WNDs are in full effect. I remember looking at the, the Wii era, transitioning to the Wii U. And when the Wii U came out, we started getting some titles. And now we can all admit and look back, because now everyone's actually played these games. The Wii U had banger fucking games. Mm. All right? It just didn't have that many of them. Uh, but it had a, a good library. I'd say there was at least a dozen uh, really high quality Wii U, Wii U games, but it was missing a ton of the big ones. Like we, we were all waiting. Like, when are we going to get the proper first HD Metroid game? Because remember, the Wii U, the first HD Nintendo console. Oh yeah, you're right. Got a while. I was thinking about, about that. right. So we got the HD Smash Brothers. Like, oh wow, 1080p. That's crazy. We got the Mario Kart. We got this and that. We didn't get Metroid. At the end of the day, after all of it, we never got Metroid because Retro was like, we're going to make a 2D Donkey Kong game. And we're all like, and it kicked ass. Excuse you? And what it the kicked fuck? so much ass. And it ass. kicked so much ass. Tropical Freeze is fantastic. But alas, we did not get a Metroid game, right? Mm-hmm. So there was just, there's always some things you're like, oh, we're going to get it. And then you just don't you get just it. Don't. No matter how many years go by. So now that the Switch is happening, we're looking at it. I think we're in a very similar situation where there's a ton of stuff where like, yeah, we're going to get another 2D Mario. We're going to get another 3D Mario. We're going to get this. We're going to get that. But are we going to get it on the Switch? I don't know. Are we going to get on the mm-hmm. Switch 2? I'm not sure. This is what I want you to do. I'm going to read through this list of mm-hmm. games. I want you to tell me either a release window or not coming to Switch at all. Yeah. Well, starting off, I just want to say this. I think that the Switch 2 is happening sooner than later. I think that based crazy, on what man. we saw yesterday, the Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is the last hor- the last big hurrah for this system, I think. Um, and, and it being the last hurrah, there might be some big things coming after. I mm-hmm. still think a Mario can come later in this year. But... What I'm saying is I think that we should expect a lot more things to the level of Metroid Prime Remastered, where I I think we're going to get some more GameCube games. I think we're going to get F-Zero. There's been rumors of it, and I I buy it now. We're getting F-Zero GX in the same type of remastered way that uh, Metroid Prime happened, and I'm going to be very fucking happy. I was was talking to Roger about this um, before the show, and we're having a conversation about the Switch and about like the Switch sunsetting and all this stuff, and I still think we have maybe two to three years left of the Nintendo Switch, but I also think that Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom could be the last big game of this tier like I, I at this point i wouldn't be surprised if there's not another 3d mario i wouldn't be surprised if there's not another like big juggernaut game left for the switch metroid prime 4 i guess metroid prime 4 right like but yeah like, i i could see things of that tier lower right i, I can see more of the prof- professor layton's i can see more of the fantasy life games like the unique stuff where it's like whoa where did this come from and like certain parts of the audience are super into that but i wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised in the next couple of years of the Switch, the last few years, are just us kind of coasting, kind of waiting on, like, like, kind of feeling like the last few years of the Wii U, where it was, you're getting directs, and you're just like, what is any of this shit? All right, cool. Because they are kind of holding the, holding the, sh- the, the, the ship for whatever the next big console release is. I hope that's not the case. I hope we get exciting games. But I'm not too sure anymore. Yeah, I mean, well, again, it's Nintendo, so who the fuck knows what's going to happen? We just need to let it happen to us, and hopefully we like it. All right, so go through this list of games. Um, Jake's Base Case starts off with a rumored 2D Donkey Kong. What window do you think it comes at, or does it not come to Switch at all? Um, I, I think that it is. I mean, I'm 50 percent on this. 50 percent. Yeah. Okay. Rumored Kid because the rumors were Nintendo EAD was working on it, which is the Odyssey team. Yes. They're working on something. Everybody. Could be a 2D Donkey Kong. It could be. Rumored Kid Icarus remaster. Uh, it's gonna happen. 2023? Ah, I don't know. 2023, 2024. Rumored. The F- thing about Nintendo is they fucking sit on shit. Rumored F Zero remake. I think it's going to happen. And speaking on that, F Zero GX. It's 
reported that uh, apparently they've been sitting on this Metroid Prime re- remaster for the last year. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh man, how about I mean, I'm positive they're sitting on that Wind Waker and um, the Twilight other game, Princess. Twilight Princess. Yeah. yeah, they're just waiting. Hey, Barrett, can you do me a favor? Can you send me a uh, invite link to the Discord? I can. Our boy got booted. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Next, 3D Mario. I mean, I'm a believer. I'm. I think that there is a higher chance that we get an, a, a another core Mario game, either 2D or 3D, on the Switch. I'm gonna say we don't see another one on the Switch. Next, 2D Mario. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I, it's such a toss-up. I, I don't know what they'd want to do, but like, there's so much money on the table with this. Like, I they don't need this to sell another console. <laughs> they they need it to sell software. And like it will sell so well, bless. I'm gonna say I think we do see a new 2D Mario because we haven't seen a new like you mentioned right. We have not seen a brand new one uh, unless we count like it's Mario Maker or like you know the, the ports, but which we don't count don't. right. It's 2013. Metroid Prime Four. I think yeah. that'll be the true swan song. I think that'll be the last big game you see on the Switch. You know, oh god, sorry, I'm multitasking the worst way right now. Um. I would not be surprised if Prime 4 ends up getting pushed to the next console, but I think the most likely thing is it's going to be cross. Yep. The most likely thing is I am convinced that the next Switch is just going to be a, conti- a Game Boy Color to the Game Boy mm. type uh, iteration. So I think that the Switch generation technically is not going to end, which is why it's hard for me to answer these questions because I think <laughs> we're going to get all these things on the Switch. It's just going to be whatever next-gen Switch is called and looks like. I'm looking through the rest to see if there's any interesting ones to throw, to throw at you. Metro Prime 2 and 3 remastered, I don't think we get. Mm-hmm. I think that... Wind Waker plus Twilight Princess, I we're, we're going to get. I think that is might, be, might be 2024 at this point. I could see it late 2023, though. You know. Yeah. I think it just has to get like enough distance away from Tears of the Kingdom, yeah, and then they'll exactly. drop it. Um, Link to the Past slash Link Between Worlds remake. Oh, my God. In my perfect world, we'll see that. I, I, and I think there's a possibility. I don't but, think a Link to the Past remake exists. I don't I think it could, exists. I, I I could see it for Link Between Worlds because uh, it's the you're theorizing, Tim. It's the team that did uh, Grezzo. Yeah, Grezzo, who did Link's Awakening. I feel like they want to do weird. If they're gonna do another Zelda game, they would want to do another weird Zelda game, kind of like Link's Awakening. And I could see Link Between Worlds being a little bit weird enough. See know? this, my, I I would think that yeah, I think they start going down the line of all right, the Link uh, Link's Awakening did well. What's the next one we can do? Whether it be um, Link Between Worlds or Oracle. one of the Oracle games. Yeah. I think they start going down that line. I think eventually you get to Link to Link to the Past, though, right? Like, I that'd be sick. I think Link's Awakening was the weird one because it was, hey, let's remake this game that is not really playable anywhere, right? And like, I think Link uh, Link to the Past in terms of sales and in terms of how well it would do, just critically and with the audience, I think that'll be such a slam dunk for Grezzo to do. I, just, I think we're gonna get Link to the Past. There were there were ways to improve Link's Awakening, especially because that was a handheld game. I still think of Link to the Past as still a fucking classic that plays so well on the Switch to this day that I, like that art style, like that would just break my heart. Is it additive? It. Yeah. yeah, I think it's ad- like I I don't know if they went with the Link's Awakening remake art style. Like that feels like almost lesser than what the original Link to the Past art style was. HVB in chat said, give me an Earthbound in that style. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, that, that, that style's so fucking good. It, I, I think that style adds to anything. I, I think Link to the Past is fucking a masterpiece, but you just added a masterpiece. Grizzle's last games, 
Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Like they, they'll click to. The, they don't need to do the weird stuff. Majora's Mask is weird. Mm-hmm. Ocarina is that the is obvious answer. Link to the Past, the obvious answer. I also, th- I also think you know why not just make their own original Zelda game in that style? I think they, they could do that too. too. I mean, remember, Oracle of Ages and Seasons was made by Capcom. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's see, let's see. I think we can stop there. Uh, somebody says Captain Toad too. <laughs> I think you're dreaming. I don't think they're dreaming. I think Captain Toad is is like people. Not- like, I know people like Captain Toad, Toad, but like for a sequel. Yes, oh, yeah, we haven't gotten a new Captain Toad in forever. Oh, you've only gotten a one Captain Toad. That's that's yeah, tra- in the port. But that's, the, that's yeah. see, this is the problem we're at with Nintendo, where there was the Wii U games. The, the Wii U era put Nintendo back five years. Because then we just had to get those games again mm-hmm. <laughs> for five years. In addition to a ton of other amazing things like the Breath of the Wilds and Odysseys and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility we get a Captain Toad. That is the type of game I expect to get. Yeah. And also, just cadence-wise, like we're due for that. I don't remember what team worked on that, but like we're due for what they're working on. All right. We shall see. Uh, Tim, mm-hmm. before we hop in to story number two, I want people out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can get exclusive shows, you can get exclusive content over there, and you can get your shows ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They'll also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That's fantastic. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back exclusively for y'all listeners and watchers right now. Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the new year. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. These are five star rated by over 200,000 people. Again, that shadyrays.com use the code kinda funny shout out to honey for sponsoring this episode honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer and thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart when you check out the honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons you wait a few seconds you see the fun little dancing guy honey searches for coupons and it finds you the best ones and then you just watch the prices drop we here at kind of funny have been using honey for years and it's helped us save thousands on tech costumes food you name it honestly i just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save that's the best part honey doesn't just work on desktops it works on your phone too you just activate it on safari on your phone you save on the go if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. 
If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. And Tim, we have a very special guest joining us. You yes, want to introduce our guest? Dude, the one and only Andrew McLean, everybody. <laughs> Andrew, oh how my you gosh, doing? the smoke. I'm doing great, especially with this entrance you guys got going on now. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So, dude, you yesterday, I saw you uh, tweeting out some pictures of you in the desert by some rocks trying to look for some a scavenger hunt for Jedi uh, Survivor. And I was like, what is going on here? And I see your tweets getting progressively more and more like, what is? what am I doing with my life? So I need you to explain to us what you did yesterday and where it went wrong. So if you guys are familiar, Jedi Survivors having a scavenger hunt where you can find this crazy sweepstakes prize of like a lightsaber and a trip and you play the game early and all these crazy things. I had been aware of it, but I wasn't really planning on going, but I woke up yesterday at the exact time they posted the first like real clue. And the clue was meant to be super ambiguous. Like it's like a picture of a rock, like two stormtroopers, and it's a video of them like handing a briefcase in front of a rock in the middle of a desert. Well... I did a photo shoot at that exact location before. So I knew exactly where it was, but I was shredded out. And I was like, I can make it there. I think I can do it. Like, even if I can't get the grand prize, I think I can get at least the game for free. It's like an hour away. I got to get in my truck and like haul tail over there. But I'm going to do it. I grab my coffee, fly over there as fast as I can. Just like, you know, legally, you know, not speeding or anything. Speed, of right? course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I punched the hyperdrive you know, take off and uh, get there and um, go and just like every single nook and cranny, turn my truck to four wheel drive. We're looking for it. All right. Now, if you're not familiar with this location, I'll go ahead and say it because it's no longer a mystery. Everybody knows where it is. It is called Vasquez Rocks. It's where they filmed the the Star Trek movies. It's where they filmed the Flintstone stuff. Like oh. it's, it is a very well-known location for like sci-fi shoots and stuff, which is why they picked it. Makes sense. Well, I eventually decide I got to get out of my truck because I can't find these people. So I start climbing over these rocks, just like hiking through these bushes that I probably shouldn't have been in and uh, can't find them anywhere. But I matched the exact rock for exactly where they were. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. And before you know it, another person starts coming up and another person starts coming up. We end up having like a group of 20 people there waiting for these Star Wars, EA Star Wars people to show up and, and hand us our prizes. We waited out there in that desert with the sun just like beating down on us for like four and a half hours and they never showed i don't think that they realized how quickly people would be able to figure out this location and man it was you know what the the star wars fans the friends out there they were great super nice people one guy brought his mom she had snacks oh my god but you know uh out in the desert like four and a half hours no water no food there were other ways that I wanted to spend my day yesterday, but that is what I did. did. Everybody and I like, still have no lightsaber and no game coach. Did everybody give up and just go home? Is the, what, what happened at the end? 
So we just started dropping off one by one. I was the last oh, guy there because I was the, the first one, one there. there. I was the last one there. I was the first one there, man. First one, last one. All right. I'm not a quitter. All right, Tim. Holy shit. And uh, and man, they uh, they never showed. They never show every every car that uh, that would come by. You know, it was like this is not the car you're looking for every single time. But uh, yeah, it was it was never the actual. Uh, That's amazing. Fuck with the case, dude. Mm-hmm. Th- this is so funny to me because when I saw this happening yesterday on on Twitter, first off, I didn't know what was going on. I only knew it was happening because of you. So it's like mm-hmm. they're not promoting this that well. And then no. I immediately get these like PTSD flashbacks to 2012 when me and Alfredo. Uh, they, when EA did the same thing and they sent a, a balloon up into space with a copy of Mass Effect 3 before it came out, and wherever the hot air balloon landed, we, whoever gets the game gets the game early. So IGN sent me and Alfredo out to go get this fucking thing. <laughs> and uh, if you scroll forward, Bear, a little bit, like it was me, That's Kevin, madness. and Alfredo when we were like as old as you see us here, mm-hmm. driving through the fucking woods in my 1992 Corolla interviewing these people this guy 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 was a meteorologist that happened to show up because he was like there's a balloon i want to see what's going on Mm. just like you were saying andrew mom started showing up but like Uh the difference between our story and yours they both ended in nothing where i get absolutely nothing but um at some point the ea people did show up and they were equally like lost because the thing got caught in the top of a giant ass tree and dustin legary came back in the middle of the night and at 4 a.m. saw a blinking light and found it. Oh, shit. Did <laughs> he get the game? And then we ended up getting it. it Holy was, shit. It was absolutely, absolutely wild. But anyways, um, I can't believe EA is still doing this. They should have known. Man. This isn't a good idea. I love I love the idea of EA doing this every 10 years. <laughs> it's like it's a decade tradition that they have. It's like, a tradition at this it's, point. They're like, it's either this or we sacrifice one of our employees. We're, so we're just going to float a free game around. Exactly. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, Andrew, I just but, I wanted to have you on to tell that story just because I, I love I it. Appreciate I appreciate it, man. I love that you were the last person there. That is commitment. <laughs> last one, man. Yeah. You know, I got I got the sunburn to prove it still, too. Look <laughs> oh at that. My God. Look at this. Oh it's fresh. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Andrew, thank you for, for hanging out with us. We'll have to catch up later, man. Of course, man. May the force be with you. <laughs> you, and too. You. All right. Bye, guy. What a nice man. I fucking love that guy. What a, what a nice man. <laughs> also good looking. God damn. So damn good looking. Uh, let's hop into story number two. PlayStation is doing their own indie roundup. Uh, I am pulling from a thread. Of course, rest in peace to the homie, Nibel. Uh, of course, Nibel left Twitter. I've found my personal, not replacement, but my, my, my next follow, mm-hmm. right? A person who does really good video game updates, helps me keep up to date, helps like up, helps uh, detail all the showcases, right? They did the Nintendo uh, Direct thing yesterday, and now they did the, the um, this PlayStation Indie Spotlight, Spotlight thing today. Uh, their name is Noble, which is a bit close to Nibel. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it's spelled K-N-O-E-B-E-L. Uh, but he Love tweeted it. this out. He helped me keep up to date on this because it was happening as I was putting together KFGD. Sony uh, uh, put a spotlight on four different games. Uh, they start off with Pixel Jump or Pixel Junk uh, Scrappers Deluxe that comes to PS4 and PS5. That got a trailer that's coming out in 2023. Uh, they also talked about Animal Well. Uh, they did a, a fun development update on that. If you uh, if you're unaware, right, this is a game that I believe we saw at we Summer played Game this Fest. At Summer Game Fest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked really cool there. And this is also the game that's being published by uh, Donkey's uh, publisher that he recently founded. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, there was also Eternites 
a game that me and Barrett are very much looking forward to because it it's being developed by a guy who played Persona 5 one day and quit his job so he can create his own game. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I'm going to start developing games because Persona 5 is so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, and it got a it got an update. It has some more trailer footage. I watched the trailer, and this game continues to look dope as hell. And we got a release window of uh, summer this year, which yep. uh, beforehand we just didn't really know if and when it was coming out so that's really exciting it looks like even more of an action because i didn't realize that the combat the combat looks like real-time action as opposed to turn-based turn action yeah. uh which is really interesting and it's fun to see the persona uh, elements in there like the top right you see the the seven days left in the actual date on the calendar and it, very it, persona it's described as what like an action dating sim at the end of the world or something like that yeah 100 percent yeah, that looks really cool. And then Pacific Drive got a new gameplay trailer, and that game is coming out uh, in 2023. That is, if you remember from one of the previous data plays, it's the driving roguelike game. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that looks really cool. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I I enjoy when PlayStation does stuff like this. I I still wish that they would put a like do some kind of indie state of play or indie like like a indie direct style thing. But even still, I love when uh, we get spotlights like this. I do want to bring in a question. From Dilbo Baggins, who writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFG, just like you can, and says, PlayStation randomly decided to showcase four indie titles today. These look great, and I'm excited for Animal Well. But the announcements leave me asking two questions. One, what, if any, will be the next indie title added to the revamped PS Plus the way Stray was? If Xbox showcased these titles today, there's no doubt in my mind they will be advertised as day one on Game Pass. And then two, what is going on with Little Devil Inside? We haven't heard or seen anything about it in a while. It was the main attraction of a state of play in 2021 and was supposed to release in 2022. Is this finally the year? It's funny. I feel like those questions kind of work together for me where I can see Little Devil Inside being one of those stray-like games that, you know, we've oh. seen a lot featured at the PlayStation State of Plays. PlayStation seems to kind of be owning the conversation around the marketing and promotion of it. I can, uh, and they're exclusive as well. So I imagine that... Um, that would be a, a good candidate that I'm, I guarantee there's been conversations happening yeah, to make that happen. I think that so maybe that has to do with even why we haven't seen it yet. Like maybe there is like strategic shuffling of release dates or something. I mean, I would hope so. I think if I take that on very hopeful. Yeah. yeah like I, I take on the more um, uh, like uh, dissenting uh, view of maybe that game's having development trouble. Maybe they need more, or not even trouble. Maybe they just need more time, right? Video games are hard to make. Indie development is, is especially difficult. Maybe they are like, hey, we just weren't able to make 2022 and we need more time so we can maybe hit summer 2023 or later 2023. I think it would be good for them to put that out on uh, PlayStation Plus if they're able to strike that deal with PlayStation. I, I, it's, it's funny, we're reaching deep enough into the generation where I think we're seeing a bit less of the indie support and spotlighting from the playstation side and i think that tends really? to be a trend yeah like think about the what the first year of playstation 5 we had um bug snacks come out uh, um on ps plus the uh, first month we had maquette as a ps plus game um that we had um what was the fucking ugly aliens that are on the ps1 um <laughs> Fuck, I can't remember the, the name Odd of World? it. Oddworld? Oddworld, yeah. Oddworld Soulstorm was a PS Plus game as well. Like, month after month, I felt like we were getting Operation Tango, fun indie PS Plus stuff. And we got, at the very least, more of a, hey, let's prop these games up. Let's talk about them. I feel like... I don't know, man. Last year I, we Sifu and Stray. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I feel, those were the only ones, right? And, like, Stray, Stray got the PS Plus treatment. I feel like you would double down on that, right, and really and really hone in on on making that a thing. I guess I'm surprised about the lack of PS Plus synergy with the indie titles in the last year. Yeah, because like Roller Dome got the free trial. I see that as less of a 
PlayStation's not supporting any things. I think it's more just PlayStation Plus is a mess. Like, I feel sure. like they 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 have been really good about supporting indies and supporting quality indies and like really putting them on the forefront and presenting them as if they are as important as their God of Wars and things like that. But I do think that when you add the PS Plus side, that's just where it, it turns into a mess where we look at things like Stray and it's like part of Stray's success was the PS Plus aspect of it. But I think that they are so behind Xbox and Game Pass and the strategy around it all that like we we still aren't seeing some of the obvious slam dunks where we see Hi-Fi Rush, and our first thought is, oh, man, it's on Game Pass. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, whereas with PlayStation, our first thought isn't, oh, I bet this comes on PlayStation Plus. It's like, oh, I wonder if it could. Yeah. I guess my thing also is, is what does this year look like in terms of the Seafoods and Strays? And we don't really have Seafoods and Strays announced for this year, right? Like, there's little, there's, there's uh, Goodbye Volcano High, uh, which we don't, uh, we've not gotten a real update on in a while. There, are, uh, there is little, little Devil Inside, which we've not gotten an update on in a while. There's Eternites, which I think could even use more of a push if PlayStation believes in it in that way, right? In the way that they push seafood like a first party thing, they're not pushing Eternites that way. This year, I feel like it's pretty empty in terms of the the PlayStation indie stuff. And for me, it just comes back to the fact to the, it comes back to. I feel like this point of the generation, we usually get that from PlayStation. Where first couple of years, hey, let's go hard. Let's really prop up the indies. Let's help give volume to the catalog of this console. We're a few years in. We found our footing in terms of first party. All right, let's focus in on first party. And I'm sure right now they're also focusing on VR, right? Like I, I think they, have, I think the PlayStation priorities tend to shift and turn as we get further in. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we get another announcement of a big I, I, indie title February. this year. I think we will. Like, I think that we're going to get a, a yeah. ton this year that we just don't know about yet. Hopefully. Because on the first party hopeful. side, we only have Spider-Man. Yeah. But, I mean, we have, on the exclusive side, right, we have, um, well, we just got Forspoken. We have um, Final, Final Fantasy sixteen, and like, Square's showing up. You know, Square, Square show, is showing up. I just worry a little bit about the that. I worry about getting the same indie push that we have been getting in the, in the last few years, but... Hopefully they prove me wrong. Hopefully we get another Sifu this year. C2. C2. Story number three. PUBG owner Crafton is opening his first Canadian AAA studio. This is Chris Scolian at VGC. Crafton, the South Korean uh, video game holding company behind PUBG Battlegrounds, is setting up what it calls its first Canadian AAA game studio in Montreal. The studio, which will be named Crafton Montreal Studio, is being led by Patrick Mete, a uh, former game director at Ubisoft Montreal. Meite was best known for directing Far Cry 3, 4, 5, and New Dawn, as well as Rainbow Six Extraction. He has already been joined by fellow Rainbow Six Extraction developers, as well as Martin Paradis, uh, who was most recently an advanced gameplay engineer at WB Games Montreal. Uh, Crafton, Crafton says the studio will seek to hire further, uh, a further 150 people over the next three years, with key positions including animation, programming, and head of HR. The studio's first project will be a video game adaptation of Korean fantasy novel series, the bird that drinks tears. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> the bird that drinks tears. That's kind of that's kind of hardcore, actually. Yeah. Written by best-selling Korean fantasy author uh, Yang Du Lee. In a statement, uh, Crafton CEO uh, Cheng Han Kim said, "Quote: We are thrilled to open our first Canadian AAA studio in Montreal, one of the world's top cities uh, for video game production. The local pool of creative and specialized talent is impressive, and we hope that many will join our team." Crafton Montreal Studio will be our third studio in North America, and we haven't found a great leader in Patrick, or we have found a great leader in Patrick, who has extensive experience bringing franchises to new heights. End quote. Uh, Mete added, "Quote: As a fan of medieval fantasy since my teenage years, I'm excited to bring to life a fantasy masterpiece as an ambitious and memorable, memorable game. We couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of the Crafton family." End quote. 
Tim, are you excited for this ad- adaptation they're working on? I mean, me personally, not really, but I'm excited that it's happening because, like, this, again, continues a couple trends we've been seeing. Montreal growing as a very dominant force in the game scene in the AAA space, getting more and more AAA teams out there. Um, we know Krafton is able to do things like PUBG. Like, they have the money. They have the success. Um, and getting the talent, like, here, director of Far Cry 3, 4, 5, and New Dawn, like, that's... Dude's got skills. Yeah. You know? So I, and I, there's, it sounds like there's a vision here to create something that is not PUBG. All of that to me, like, that's exciting. Yeah. I think it was cool. I'm, I'm so curious to see Craft and expand as a publisher. We just got Callisto Protocol from them. And the Crystal Protocol is a game that I liked that I, that probably could have been received better for what they wanted out of it. But at the very least, putting out big AAA single player games like that on a third party publisher side, uh, I think it's really cool, and I would like to see more of that from them, right? And you're having you're talking about a studio that is making PUBG money. You're talking about a studio that they're um, a publisher uh, that is making PUBG money, right? A publisher that that has the resources to try and figure out how to experiment and expand. And mm-hmm. you know, I love the fact that they're they're um, adapting this thing that. It's probably obscure to the video game audience, probably very big to other audiences, right? But going, hey, how do we translate this to an audience that might not be familiar with the bird that drinks tears? Uh, and so, yeah, I'm very curious to see how this turns out. Story number four. Earthworm Jim 4 has reportedly been canceled. This is Sean Murray at The Gamer. And before I even continue, Tim, did you realize that Earthworm Jim 4 was even in development? Oh, how did you not, bless? I'm sorry. I, missed, oh. I somehow missed this one. Oh, uh, this is part of the, like... Just disastrous story of the Intellivision. Mm, oh, okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Earthworm Jim 4 has been canceled. That's probably not too surprising, given that the Intellivision Amico has turned out to be vaporware, but it's still a disappointment to Earthworm Jim fans around the world. This sad news comes courtesy of Out of Context Earthworm Jim on Twitter. According to a Discord conversation with fans, quote, EWJ4 was quietly dusted under the carpet, and they hoped nobody would notice, uh, end quote. They speculate that Intellivision didn't have the rights to Earthworm Jim, which is owned by Interplay, and was slapped on the wrist, or, quote, everything went pear-shaped with the Amico, and they decided to call it quits, end quote. The latter scenario seems to be the most likely. Earthworm Jim 4 was a joint announcement with Jim with Jim creator Doug Tenepel, uh and and Intellivision CEO Tommy Tallarico back in 2019, shortly after the Amico was announced. Tenable uh, then launched an Indiegogo campaign for Earthworm Jim, uh, Launch the Cow, a graphic novel reboot of the series that raised almost $10 million. That came out in 2019, with the second volume currently being crowdfunded. Then a teaser trailer was released in 2020, although it didn't feature much beyond Jim crash landing on a beach and then running around for 20 seconds. More and more disheartening reports came out uh, of the Intellivision throughout 2020 and 2021 that made it seem like the Amico console was never going to be a thing and that hasn't really gotten any better in the years since. Fans demanded refunds when the Amico went years past its promised release date, uh, and then Intellivision laid off a significant amount of staff in 2022. Intellivision says it's still working to bring the Amico to market. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> but I wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, so if you want more Earthworm Jim, you'll have to sign up for, a, for the graphic novel campaign or wait for the planned TV reboot, although that doesn't seem like it's going anywhere either. Give it up. Goddamn. It's not happening. The Intellivision is not happening. So it's is a bless. This, is this the guy who, like, Yes. Yelled at Greg because I remember directing mm-hmm. a game daily where Greg and Andrea were like, this is a bunch of bullshit. And then this guy like went after Greg. Yeah. That's yeah. the you same know, guy. Oh, God, it goes so much. Can I just put a target in my head? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. You wouldn't everybody. be the first to yell at me. <laughs> I, I have nothing to add to this story. Nothing. Every once in a while we cover a story and we're like, 
Required reading, required viewing. Y'all talking Go. about Tommy Tellerico? That's what's happening? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, I saw that news story today. <laughs> Who would have thought? Just me and Andrea <laughs> seven years ago. <laughs> so, so what I'm going to give you all right now is uh, the best two hours of your life. Here's what you're going to do, everybody. All right? You're going to keep watching this show with us. Then after that, you're going to watch the boys play golf in real life because there's no way <laughs> that that goes well. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But then after that, if you want to have a riveting what day is it? Is it Thursday? Riveting Thursday. Thursday night. This is what you got to do. Andy Cortez put me onto this. He's like, Tim, I know it's long. I know the subject of this video does not seem like something that you'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. Just fucking trust me. There's a YouTuber out there named H Bomber Guy, and he is so goddamn good. Amazing video essays. And he put out this video essay called Roblox underscore oof dot MP3. And it's a deep dive, the deepest dive, a two-hour deep dive into the origins of a sound effect mm-hmm. in Roblox. And who actually made it? Who's taking credit for it? And how deep does this go? And bless, if I told you that about 10, 15, 20 minutes in this video, you start, you get educated, you understand what's going on. It then just turns into a fucking hit piece on Tommy Tallarico. Oh, my God. And it exposes this man. If you thought Good Morning America was juicy... Strap the fuck in. Everybody, check out this video. It is a game changer. It is a required viewing. There's nothing more juicy than Good Morning America, Tim. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm telling sorry. you, watch this video, bless. All right. I just learned a lot. I just thought this was a regular news story. Turns out this goes way deeper oh, than, way than I imagined. All the way to the top. Holy shit. Our final news story. Story number five. Sonic Frontiers sells 2.9 million worldwide. Congrats. Ed Nottingale, <laughs> Eurogamer. Sonic Frontiers has sold uh, has now sold 2.9 million copies worldwide since its release last November. We can get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers, Sonic. Let's, let's hit that up, all right? Let's, let's show them that fucking Mario has nothing on us. Isn't that right, Sonic? Uh, Sega has released its latest earnings report from April to December 2022, with net sales across the company increasing by 14.9% year on year. The multi-platform release of the remastered Persona 5 Royal in October also saw strong sales with 1.3 million units sold worldwide. Sonic Frontiers and Persona 5 were the biggest game successes for the company. Despite other new releases like Football Manager and Two Point Campus, uh, sales of catalog titles were sluggish. Project Sakai Colorful Stage, featuring Hatsune Miku, continued to have strong sales in the free-to-play sector. Looking ahead, Sega's next round of financials will include the release of Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden from last month. The forecast also notes that the launch of several major IP uh, titles do. Yeah, the forecast also notes the launch of several major IP titles do. Uh, in the immediate future, at least, there is Like a Dragon Ishin and Company of Heroes 3 out later this month. Bless. What up? Can I read this next line, please? Go for it. There was no mention of the super game mentioned in previous Sega reports. Back to you. Sega has revised uh, its full year operating results forecast upwards, though this is largely due to the strong performance of its patchy slot machines. Where's the super game? Where's the super game, Sega? Where, where's the fucking super game, Sega? You can't hide it from you us. You can't be dropping, oh, we're going to make a super game and then not fucking make a super you game, can't man. Hide, you can't hide your... It's super. It's in the title. That's like trying to hide Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> All right? It's out there. We can see it. It's we fucking super. see it. It's super where's big. your fucking super How game? How many A's are there? It's not triple. It's not quadruple. It's just... Ah! It's a super... <laughs> oh, goddamn. Shout out to Sonic the Hedgehog uh, keeping Sega alive, along with their Apache slot machines. Please don't turn into Konami, Sega. Please I couldn't don't. take it. Please. I can't take it. Unless you put it like, there's, there's got to be like a Sonic uh, pachinko machine somewhere in San Francisco, right? That I can find? I highly doubt that. There used to no? be a Sega arcade in San Francisco in oh. the ballpark. It's gone now. Anyway, <laughs> get on you, Sonic. <laughs> 
Tim, I can't wait to see the reveal of Sega's Super Game. But mm-hmm. the reveal feels like it's just so, so far away. Yeah. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Prison Tycoon under new management for Switch. I'm going to pause here, Tim. I think it's just popping up on different consoles. Cause no, cause the yester- the one yesterday was like a cop game, and this is a prison game. Yeah, pri- I-, I saw Prison Tycoon pop up on the Switch uh, yesterday when I was uh, going to buy Metroid Prime, and I was like, "We've gone too far." That's the thing is like we've like, gone too fucking far. I don't need any. I feel like I read these every other week where there's a new prison game or a new cop game. Can we stop making the prison and cop games? I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> Can we stop, please? Damn. Why do y'all want to control prison so badly? Uh, and then we got Clash, Artifacts of Chaos for PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. And then Knights of Braveland for PC. New dates for you. Swords of Gargantua will relaunch on March 2nd on MetaQuest and Steam. Uh, and then Paranorm Site is coming <laughs> March 9th for Switch, Mobile, and PC. What is this, Barrett, that you have pulled up? I mean, you said new dates, but uh, you know today's day, 2-9. It's meat day, so happy meat, meat day, everybody. Happy meat Out day. Today. What anime is this from? This is Full Metal Alchemist. Mm, happy meat day. Happy meat day to you. That's and then... This. Celebrate. Arc System Works tweeted out uh, a notice about Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, the release of additional character number eight and additional stage number three, originally planned for March, will be delayed to early April in order to provide the best quality possible. Thank you, Guilty Gear. Thank you. Deals of the day for you. Zelda Te- Tears of the Kingdom, Pikmin 4, and Advanced Wars are eligible for the Nintendo Switch voucher. Remember, that is the voucher. You pay $100, you get access to two Nintendo game titles that are eligible. And so if the $70 for, for uh, Tears of the Kingdom... Seems like too much for you. You pay a hundred dollars and get Tears of the Kingdom and Pikmin Four, or Tears of the Kingdom and Advance Wars, or Tears of the Kingdom and whatever else is, is on there. Maybe Metroid, Metroid, Maybe Metroid, Metroid Dread. God, I want to play Metroid Prime. Remaster or four? Remaster. Same. Because I know it's great. <laughs> Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime Four could be anything. You boot that thing up, it's Cookie Mama Cookstar. Uh, the Epic Game Store <laughs> for more new dates, for, uh, more deals of the day. That was a great deep cut. Thank you, I appreciate it. I heard the laugh, and I know it didn't get caught on microphone, but you, it, it made me chuckle inside. The Epic Game Store's next free title has been announced. Uh, strategy war game, War Pips, <laughs> will be free to play. We free to claim from Epic's PC Marketplace from February 16th to the 23rd. Again, let's make happier games. I'm tired of playing these cop games, and these prison games, and these war games. Put me in a kitchen. Let me play Cook Mama Cookstar. You're a fucking super game, Sega, you goddamn cowards. Fucking cowards. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong or you're right in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. So we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. We have one you're wrong, which doesn't seem right. I feel like we got way more wrong on this episode. Just nah. a gut feeling, but hey, mm, y'all are impossible. telling us we got shit right. Uh, Zaxxon Galaxian says, have a nice death came out. March 8th, 2022 on Xbox and PC, but it's finally coming to Switch. Which isn't a you're wrong. It's more of a shout out, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's got that wrong. I'll take, I'll take credit for it because I was questioning it. I was like, what the fuck's up with this yeah, game? Have I, I, I think seen the it other day I was like, oh, this game finally got a date. And I didn't realize that it had come out to other platforms. Because um, I remember seeing that somewhere in like the last year or two. And then I just had not heard from that game. So. I'll never forget when Death Jr. was first shown off on the PSP. It was the mm-hmm. first ever PSP game shown, and I lost my mind because I'm like, it's a fucking 3D platformer that I can play on the go. And then the um, the music that played behind it was the same sample from Bitch Please. Oh. And I was like, this is the dopest oh. shit I've ever seen. 
I think I remember that trailer. I, you just unlocked a memory for me. Holy shit. That's what I do, bless. Also, someone else is in, in the chat is saying that uh, Have a Nice Death was in early access, apparently, until, until recently. recently or possibly this release on Switch is it going into 1.0. Hard to tell. Take that, you're wrong. Hard to tell, everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that a clean game for us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call yep. that clean. Um, you, I was talking about Have a Nice Death and I was talking about um, what was it called Death Jr. Reminds me of Uncle Death from um, Let It Die and skateboarding. Yeah. Skateboarding Solomon. Shout out to Uncle Death. That's Uncle Death. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be Tim and me. Tim, what are you watching right now on YouTube? <laughs> you know, I was trying to find the trailer I'm talking about from Death Jr., but I can't find it. Oh, so damn. I'm going to stop. I'm going to give up. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now or YouTube, after this is golf in real life. Golf. 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 With Mike, Roger, Nick, and Andy. That's right. You can join them on the link. I can't wait to see this. I Like, to make it clear, like, they're not playing a video game. They are actually going to a golf course. With like a portable live streaming unit, I'll be I'll be the one to say <laughs> there's no way this works. <laughs> I'll with, say it <laughs> with Roger on camera. Like everything about this is like I uh, it's going to be beautiful. If it's you want to catch that stream later, of course you can subscribe to YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every day live right here on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily.